Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Nonfiction Authors Podcast. I'm Carla King, your host, and I'm happy to have you with us today. Today's session is with Lauren Eckhart to talk about how your unique story can connect with thousands. Lauren Eckhart is an award-winning and best-selling author and ghostwriter who's passionate about helping impact-driven souls capture their life story in a meaningful book. Lauren founded a company called the Burning Soul Collective in 2020 after 12 years in human resources to work with aspiring and career authors in pursuit of sharing a powerful and deeply impactful story or message. Burning Soul Collective is a soul story company led by passionate creatives and authors who will help you turn your life stories into a powerful book that sparks positive change in the world. All good stuff. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carla. Thank you so much for having me today. You were in human resources for 12 years and you must be pretty conversant with, let's say, the human condition. Okay. So does that relate or how does that relate to what pulled you into founding Burning Soul Collective to work with uh, memoirists, I suppose, mostly, right? Yeah, absolutely. That ended up being my passion. You know, like you said, you, you deal with so many different situations, especially across multiple industries. One of the toughest being the healthcare industry was one of my biggest challenges within human resources. But one thing that I noticed was this consistent theme, you know, people really struggled in those moments to own their life journeys, to own their strengths, to own their unique traits and what they're able to bring. You know, we prepare for job interviews, right? Like how to write the perfect resume, how to have the perfect job interview, what exactly you need to say, how you need to act. And so you would notice just this trend of everyone coming in and you can be like, well, you could really tell who did their homework. And, you know, on a surface level, it was great. Like, good job. You did what you're supposed to do. You know, usually they would win over the hiring manager. But what broke my heart is that, you know, we would hire people in and then I would get to know them. And I'm like, none of what I know now about you showed up in the job interview. And it's really a shame that it didn't because you're amazing. And you bring a lot of these unique traits and skills that could actually benefit this position and make it better. And that's kind of sad that we're like taught to fit into this box. In this case, like what the job tells you, you need to, who you need to be, what you need to do instead of owning how we can actually come in and make it better. But, you know, it's been like that since grade school, right? Uh, We're graded on how perfect we are in every single subject to fit into the perfect student box. And we miss our own our own traits, our own strengths. And all of that shows up in your life journey. It's all about bringing you to who you are today, the person that you've been shaped into. And there's so much beauty and empowerment and inspiration that happens when those stories, those journeys are shared with other people. It's a shame that we're kind of taught to not share those, to not embrace them, to not own them for what they are. So when it came to launching Burning Soul Collective, that was really a part of my mission. I want you to be seen and heard for who you are and not for who you think you're supposed to be in this world. Well, thank you for that. You're giving us career advice too for those who are job seeking, like like you get a little personality in your resume, right? Um, it goes a long way. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? And I just want to point out this term that you use that made an impact on me, which is the word impact. You use the, the, the phrase impact-driven souls. My mind goes all kinds of places when I, when I read that. What does it mean to you? How does it relate to the business and what you do? 
Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us, I mean, as souls, if you take away our body, right. A lot of us have this purpose in this world, really. Like we're, we're searching for a purpose or place. We use impact driven souls, souls related to burning soul collective, of course, as a name, but it's really about those who have identified that this is what I want to do. This ownership of that, unfortunately, it's not morbid. It's just the truth that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed an hour from now. We're not guaranteed a minute from now. So how are we spending our time? And is it in a way that actually makes an impact on this world or leaves this world a better place or helps us connect with our purpose? And there are people who have identified identified that. And especially in relation to this desire to share their story, they don't see it as this like, necessarily self-serving act that they're doing. It's truly like, I know I need to share this because I've seen the difference it makes in other people's lives. And I want to help more and more people. Or with a lot of what we teach is even how to take it bigger. It's not just sharing your story. How do you actually bring that into a movement per se, or to make it a bigger impact by, you know, weaving in your strengths and other elements, but so people who understand that, like we are here to make a difference and I want to do that. And it starts with sharing my story. This is what we get to the heart of in writing workshops and coaching and all that is how your unique story can connect with a universal truth. So I suspect when I ask you that, you know, when you help people tell their unique story, you're trying to help them connect with their universal truth. So can we talk about that a little bit? What is that the big secret or do you have other other techniques to make their unique story connect with thousands of readers? Yeah, I really, I mean, that's, I mean, of course it, right? That That's like a gold, a golden key a lot, but it is really connecting with them on the idea of it's not just the experience. It's not just the event, right? It's that connecting emotion, the, the empathy aspect that allows people to see their own life. It's that reflection, the reflection of their life and your stories that's so powerful. And what we really, really focus on are those periods of transformation through your life, rather good or bad, but you identify the significant events and whether you were the cause of that event or if the event happened to you, right? It works both ways sometimes with the significance. And what was truly the impact of it on your life, but more so, what was that transformation? I have my favorite quote in the world. It, the quote is, no man is a friend. No man is an enemy. Every man is a teacher. And I love that quote because it really looks at what if you viewed every person in your life as what am I supposed to learn from this person, whether they're in your life for five minutes or 50 years, right? Or every experience in your life. It has shifted the way I view even like a bad day. Like I had a really bad day a couple of days ago. <laughs> and instead of going, wow, this is a really bad day. I looked at what am I supposed to learn from this? And so it's really, you know, and all of that adds to your transformation, your growth in life. So being able to reflect on your past life journey and really identify the significant events, but even deeper, the transformation that actually happened within you, again, whether positive or negative, because it works both ways, being able to share that and be in a vulnerable and authentic place, that's what really helps those connections. It, It 
it allows a deeper level of connection than just keeping it very surface. Like this happened, this was the result, et cetera. No, what was the actual transformation that happened as a result of who you are? And honoring your weaknesses that played a part as well, right? We're not perfect and it's okay to admit that. (laughs) So really pulling back the layers to do so. That's a tough thing to do. And I know in writing groups, uh, you know, sometimes in the best writing groups, there's a lot of crying that goes along, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, goes with this and a lot of realizations because the writing process for me, and I've heard other writers say this, and I think it was Joan Didion who said, I don't know what I think until I write about it. Right. Do you see that? Amen. Yes. But you know, there's so much beauty, especially in memoir writing. A lot of my clients, you know, they've gone through years of therapy, right. With essentially the topic or the situation that really affected them. And they're like, I'm good. I'm in a great place now. I can write about this. But then it's once you write about it and see things from a totally different perspective than what you have before, you shift even more. There's so much more healing that happens as a result. There's just a different approach to it. And writing is what gets you there. And the healing memoir is tough. I mean, there are, there are uh, the, a genre of healing memoir. I am an adventure traveler and I do adventure travel memoirs. And I know a lot of people do business memoirs. And I know that I and people who have written business memoirs also sometimes get to that spot. It's like, wow, I didn't even really know it was happening here. Do you think every memoir has a healing memoir aspect to it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's your life though, right? Again, I find that's just part of your growth is that you're able to heal from so many different things in your situation or throughout your life as well. And it's, it's new perspectives though, too. Like as you continue to go, I always say that every day you're alive, you become a better writer, right? Because you, you experience new things, you gain new perspectives, you see new interactions that happen or learn something from someone new. You become a better writer every day, as long as you stay aware and you pay attention. And I think because of that, we are finding new ways to continually heal the more we know and the more we're able to see things from different angles. Um, So honestly, yeah, I feel like you can't really write a memoir without some part of (laughs) being healed in some way. I actually had that through a conversation today with a client. Um, We're working on her memoir for the first time. And she was talking about how, you know, she realized once she was forced to take care of someone she loved, like step into this caregiver role, that she went from not having a voice, kind of shrinking away from the spotlight for years to suddenly having to own her voice to be an advocate for this person that she loved. And that helped her find her power again. And when she said that, I was like, Oh, I never looked at that before because I always said like my biggest life changer was when I had my kids because it gave me a new why that I never had before to do the things that I do. But what shifted and I didn't realize it until she said it was my voice became stronger. Who I am became stronger because because of the situation at the time goes deeper, right? I had to constantly use my voice to advocate for them. And that helped me become stronger and who I am more set. And that's the thing. I love that because you just made me think, you know, by sharing, I mean, that's almost what we're doing as writers when we're sharing our life lessons is stepping in as an advocate saying, okay, now whether you're a business or tech, whatever you're writing about, here's the mistake that I made. Here's the journey that I went on. 
And I mean, that's the rule of storytelling. I mean, the universal truth of storytelling is that, you know, you're taking lessons from somebody who has come before you, right? And learning how to do better or be a better person or heal or... Absolutely. And that's why it's so powerful to exchange those stories. I think always when the, the, and you, you might experience this too, Carla, like when people find out what I do, one of the first things they say is, oh, I, I don't have an important enough story. Like I can never write a book or share any stories. There's nothing that happened in my life. And I'm like, no, you lived like you lived. You have stories. There are things that I can guarantee happened in your life that brought you to who you are today that shaped you that aren't just things that you should discredit as not being important enough. I think a lot of people tend to look at things as like, you know, if I don't have a big T trauma in my life, it's not worth writing about, or this is not a story that's going to help anyone or impact anyone. But it's a lot of those just everyday things. Again, by sharing them, we help each other realize we're not in this alone or that there's hope if I take one more step in this direction and don't give up, Right. It doesn't matter how little those experiences are, they can help someone else. And that goes beyond a legacy book, right? Because oftentimes people write books for their families or for an organization to just target that audience. How do you broaden a legacy book into something that reaches outside the family, outside the realm of people who know and love you already, outside of the historical significance to just those people? Yeah, I think it's really knowing ultimately who your book is for and who it can indeed impact, right? And then you're really looking at what do they need to hear? What's going to help them? I always say like, what's kind of the point in their life? I always do like an Island A and Island B analogy. Like, are they on Island A and they really want to get to Island B? If so, why? Like, what is it on Island A that they want to get away from? What's the vehicle to take them from Island A to Island B? And then what's on Island B? And like really writing in that realm, like bringing it to life from a physical sense into your words of how can you reach those people? through what you include in this book so that the message is impactful and gives them like that hope of this is how I can live in a completely different way, right? Because even those individual legacy family books, again, it's, you were moved by that person's life, right? <laughs> and it's, it's important for other people to be able to, to honor that too in the same way and have the opportunity for the same impact. But there's so much you can do within that with even just spreading the message and on, on a bigger scale, right? Like podcasts and other opportunities to get the word out there. Do you have any author stories to share with us? Can you do that? One of our authors, Jennifer Hobbs, she's the author of a memoir called Calmed. It's about her time as a combat vet and some of the difficult situations they experienced during the war and then having to come back. And really, you know, she's, she's incredible. She looks at things as like post-traumatic growth. How can we now take what we experienced and make a difference, right? In our lives as we adjust back to what's normal. And what's really cool about what she did is that her memoir has been able to touch the lives of so many combat vets. Like one of our freelancers was on a plane to go to an event and sitting next to someone who was talking about being a vet. And she's like, oh yeah, one of our authors, you know, just wrote this book. And he's like, I read it. And he started getting really teary-eyed about that connection. I mean, she's had so many situations like that from all across the U.S. But what's really cool is that she went on to create a program 
that's not just for combat vets. She thought outside the box and was like, what I really, who I really want to be able to help are the families of combat vets to give them the tools on how to best communicate with the combat vets through every single stage that they're in, whether they're, you know, fighting right now or when they come back home and they're trying to make the adjustments. So she was able to take it a step further in a different way to be able to affect them. It started with their book. And now she has this incredible program called Found that helps. Jillian Brights, she wrote The Trouble with Ruins, a beautiful travel memoir. And now she hosts retreats for women all over the world to be able to inspire them and give them hope on finding themselves. Like her book is about, you know, finding and stepping into their true purpose. Susan Maples, author of Brave Parent. She speaks at conferences across the country about child and health development. She's really created a movement behind this airway health sort of mentality. And it's just cool. I mean, it's really all about, I wrote this book, but what else can I do with it? How can I bring the message to new audiences in a different way that appeals to them? Like Susan right now, for example, she wrote her book, but now she's looking at writing a workbook that then gives busy parents very actionable steps that they can apply each and every day versus just the information on why this stuff is important. So there's always more. She wants to do a cookbook and like all these other cool things, you know, like there's so much you can do. And it starts with sharing your message, sharing your story, and then just growing from there. And we see authors doing that constantly. This is awesome. I mean, did a podcast interview with Sherry Kephart not too long ago, and she's a memoirist, ended up writing two other books, and she's on her third, which builds on her healing memoir. So she wrote her book as an exercise in healing and self-discovery, but also to share. And then she she used it as a platform building tool. And we just heard from Ted Weinstein, a literary agent who won't take an author unless they already have a platform by, you know, writing articles and everything. I just wanted to ask you how, how do your authors publish once they're finished with these books? Like is self-publishing enough? Do they do the whole query letter thing and, and get a traditional publishing house? I mean, what, what do you, what are you seeing happening in this memoir space when it comes to the, after the writing? Yeah. Well, for many people, it's going to be like their personal preference, right? That's something that we constantly coach on. You can't follow anyone else's path. It has to be, there's so many variables between the differences and goals and values and what's important. I mean, that you have to choose what sounds good to you. We see a lot of people just tend to go more into the self-publishing space, just because specifically on a traditional publishing level, as I'm sure you know, it's you have to have that following, right? Like it, you have to have that proof of that following. And that prevents a lot of people from even thinking about sharing their story because, I mean, especially as authors, right? It's really the marketing, the promotion side. Like that's just something we're like, we just want to write. <laughs> we don't want to do all of that. And of course you have to, like you have to be able to reframe how you approach marketing. And I poured all this time and energy. I have a passion behind sharing the story. Like, I want to get it in front of the people it's meant for and just reframing it in that way. But I would say most people tend to go for more of the self-publishing. And so we are really teach on like, make sure you're doing every step right and professional. Do not shortcut it, but it's what's most important to you. And I find a lot of people really like this idea of being able to get their book out faster on top of it. So I would say those are the two things like 
you know, they don't really want to spend all that time in advance building these huge followers to be able to win over traditional publishers. So they like the aspect of self-publishing. But the other thing I say with that is like one of the best things you can do while you're writing your memoir is start building up your audience. Don't wait until your book is out there. You don't need the proof afterwards. You know, take like Glennon Doyle. You know, she was known for her blog post before she wrote her book. It's such a powerful way to build that community in advance. And then it makes your book so much stronger because you know which one, which of your blog articles, posts are connecting with your target audience the most. I might have my person wrong on this, but Malcolm Gladwell keeps coming to my mind. I think he was the one that he builds his books based off the popularity of his blog posts. Is that right? Um, I love that because then you know exactly what's resonating with your audience so that your book is even more powerful. Well, thanks for that. And thank you for, you know, we are always urging authors to publish independently professionally. That's the key word. Take the time. Don't just put it up on Amazon, you know, make sure that it's been edited and that it's a real story. So thanks about that. And we got kind of got off on publishing because I was thinking about the, the end goal, but you know, in the writing the book part of it, I wanted to ask you about your advice, like a tip or two about, you know, what what's the best writing advice you can share with us to inspire our memoirist audience and uh, to to get down get down to work. <laughs> oh, the best is hard. <laughs> I know, one. right? Our top <laughs> top two yeah. or a one yeah. or three. <laughs> yeah, let me think of three. Three that I feel like go together real fast. Great. But okay. number one is you have to know your why, right? I mean, you have to know your purpose and. One thing that I've realized throughout my own experience and the experience of my clients is that you have to make sure it's a deep enough why and not just like a common why. Like if it's not driving you to complete your book and stay on track, your why is not good enough. That's what it comes down to. Um, You have to pick one that's going to anchor you to the dedication and commitment to write this book. Because what happens every time we declare a goal, declare a dream, and it happens with every single client. There has not been one client that I've worked with where this hasn't happened. They say, I'm writing my book. I've signed up. I've committed with you. Suddenly life throws everything at them. It's like an avalanche of situations and things that happen. It never fails. That's why people give up. That's why some people don't complete it or it takes 10 years. So is your why strong enough to anchor you to that where even when the world is falling apart around you, you're still on track to doing what you want to do. And if it's not, you got to reevaluate that. Number two is having very, very clear goals. Was that, I was thinking why one, but (laughs) goal, (laughs) having very clear goals that are set. Like you have to have a goal in mind. Like, are you finishing one chapter per week? And then how does that week look? Are you actually writing it for the first three days? And then you have one day of revision, one day of research, and then one day of like bringing it all together again. Like you have to have very specific goals of what every day looks like and how your time is actually going to be dedicated. And you need with that a proactive plan, knowing that things naturally arise in your life what are you going to do to offset those obstacles that have occurred time and time and time again, standing in your way? What are you going to do to be proactive the next time it shows up? What's your plan? 
And we talk about so many of those things in our programs, <laughs> like, let's give you all the tools and the techniques, because again, it's different for everyone, right? And everyone's motivated by different things. You got to find what works best for you. Great. Thanks for those tips. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Like that commitment to writing, just, you know, writing it down and making that commitment and yeah. scheduling it out, right? Just putting it on the calendar. It's simple things like that. We, so we have a program that called the 30 day writing challenge. And the point is to really get on track to write your book. It's not to complete your book. If you complete your book in 30 days, that's great. I always say you got to make sure it's a true reflection of who you are. I mean, if you're able to dedicate 30 days and a lot of time, you know, you might be able to do it, but never rush the process for the sake of it. But in this 30-day program, it's really how to set you up with the right habits, the discipline. A lot of writers, they forget about that discipline part, right? We always like that motivation, the muse to strike us, but the discipline, the consistency is what makes it happen. So it's helping you create that structure, put in the right goal setting techniques, the time management prevention tools, right? Throughout. But again, it's really finding the ones that work specifically for you, but it's effective because it's like, okay, these are very actionable steps I can put into place for 30 days. And it makes a difference to kickstart your writing journey. So you have to have the right tools and techniques. Where, where can we find that? And where can we find you on social media and everywhere on the web? Yeah. So our main website is burningsoulcollective.com. You can go on there and you can see all of our programs for our 30 day writing programs on there. And then our um, bigger one, our soulful journey, our soulful author journey programs on there as well. And that's a full walkthrough writing, publishing, promotion, everything you need to do, like we were talking about earlier with publishing. But then you can also follow us at Burning Soul Collective on Instagram, Burning Soul Collective on Facebook. And then we are on YouTube as well. And we like to provide some free trainings on YouTube. Sweet. Thank you so much. And thanks for being our guest today, Lauren. Thank you, Carla, for having me. And thank you to our listeners for joining the weekly nonfiction authors podcast. Find out where to subscribe and how to get transcripts, show notes, and video replays of our episodes at nonfiction authorsassociation.com slash podcast. You'll also find a feedback link there and we'd love your suggestions for topics and guests you'd like to hear from. Finally, don't forget to get on our email list for notifications about the podcast, as well as helpful webinars, courses, and other events that help you write, publish, promote, and profit from your nonfiction books. And finally, please remember, keep writing. The world needs your experience and expertise. Thank you.